You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Good morning. How's your morning going today? I hope it's uh, starting off great and that you're uh, feeling the presence of the Lord as you enter into a new day. Uh, we're here at the University of Mary and the sun is out. And uh, we're here blessed to be at the Lumen Vitae Center, the uh, Light of Life Center here at the University of Mary in Bismarck. And uh, excited to be with you today. We've been talking this morning about a lot of topics. Uh, we started out with uh, talking about Minnesota Legislature with uh, Jason Atkins, and just now we did our, our uh, weekly um, and sometimes daily uh, segment of uh, prayerfully yours being with you and so thank you for joining us for those prayers and please keep all of our family members in your prayers uh, including us real presence radio um, the staff and all of our family in your prayers we appreciate that and if you're looking for some prayer intentions uh, to add to your prayer chain uh, please go to realpresenceradio.com and look at the link there also for all of you to know uh, a few weeks ago we visited with the Carmelites in Wapiton and they asked us if they could pray for these intentions as well. So on a weekly basis, we're sending all of your intentions to the Carmelites in Wapiton who are um, cloistered and spend the majority of their day in prayer. And so they're also praying for your intentions. So know that and uh, know of our prayers for you. And again, thank you for your prayers. We, uh, one of the things we talked about this morning, Brandon, was uh, yeah. these pro-life license plates in Minnesota. Do you have some more information on that? Yeah, just a little bit. So um, the uh, n- now this article is from a year ago, so I'm not sure if this is the House bill, because um, I, I do see that there was an identical bill that failed to pass in, in um, sure. uh, a year ago as well. But uh, So it would provide for the issuance of Choose Life license plates in addition to all other fees required for registration under state law, each applicant for the initial issuance of a Choose Life plate would be required to contribute $25 annually, annually to the Choose Life account. So the uh, bill would require a commissioner to adopt a design for the plate that includes the image of a child's footprint in the design area on the left side of the plate and the inscription Choose Life on the bottom of the plate. Uh, contributions collected under this provision would be deposited into the Choose Life account, which is established in the Special Revenue Fund. And as Jason was saying, it goes to uh, help support pregnancy resource centers. So that that's a pretty neat way, I think. Um, yeah, and here it says eligible organizations include crisis, crisis pregnancy centers. So I, I think that's a pretty neat and... Uh, you know, very visible way, you know, to show where, where you stand on the life issue, something that is constantly under attack. And so hopefully, you know, with enough prayers and enough support, as Jason was saying, to call your legislators to support this bill that is going to be coming up um, very soon as everything is starting to have to move fast um, for, the, uh, for the end of the session is, is approaching. I mean, it's only a, a couple months away. So. Yeah, so that would be the Minnesota Choose Life license plate bill, um, and uh, it, it, now this is not, has not passed, so we have to talk about it. But for more information, go to mncatholic.org. That's mncatholic.org to find more information on that. Alrighty, well, it is time for our next segment of the morning, and uh, Steve, I'm pretty excited about this one because it is something that 
many of our listeners, I'm guessing, struggle with at some point or another in their marriage and family life as things get really busy. We have Jim and Maureen Otremba who are on the radio to talk about hitting the reset button this Lent, especially when it comes to prayer with the marriage and family. Jim and Maureen lead Catholic retreats for both clergy and laity across the United States. Maureen is an adjunct professor of theology at the College of St. Benedict's, and Jim is a Catholic coach and licensed therapist here in Minnesota. More at catholicfamilyresources.com. That's their website, catholicfamilyresources.com. So welcome to the show, Jim and Maureen. Thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for having us on, Stephen Brennan. Absolutely. So tell us just a little more uh, about yourselves, family life. What, what does that look like for you guys? Well, our family life uh, revolves around um, the work that we do as a couple, obviously, uh, and the work that, both, that you mentioned for both Jim and me. Um, we are parents to um, ten children, seven of whom are with God, um, but three of whom are here with us, um, a daughter who is in college at the University of Mary, um, a daughter who is uh, just graduated from high school last year, and a son who is going to be 16 very soon. Um, and David has Down syndrome, and so uh, part of our parenting path is uh, the path of parents of a special needs child. Wow, what a beautiful, what a beautiful uh, message there, Maureen. I thank you. Thank you for saying 10 children <laughs> right away, because uh-huh. as we know, as Catholics, we recognize that life begins at conception. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. Jim, what are, uh, what are you up to these days? <laughs> well, so I, <laughs> I'm very blessed. I'm a very blessed man. So I, I do I have an opportunity. Maureen and I have been blessed since 1990 to be both part-time stay-at-home parents. And, and this is, we just, we love that model. So I am a licensed therapist, as the introduction mentioned, but I'm also finished my doctorate in psychology and um, love to do the retreats with Maureen when we're asked around, um, you know, different parishes or different dioceses. And so uh, we're, we're very blessed to, to be doing that and to build the kingdom, as Jesus calls us. Each one of us, each one of your listeners, by the way, this ain't about us, each one of your listeners as a baptized Catholic, we all have a calling, you know, to build the kingdom of God because we are sons and daughters of God. And this is a message, I think, that we've got to continue to tell ourselves, because if we don't, our culture would love to tell us who we are, right? As a consumer, um, as a relativist, which we're not, obviously, as a many, many different things that our, our, that our society would like to tell us who we are, but none of those, those lies of society, we talk about this in our parenting curriculum, okay? The lies of society, they can infiltrate our parenting and our marriage, and it kind of warps them, and that's not helpful. So that's kind of the, some of the things I'm up to and some of the things we're up to. You mentioned, uh, Jim and, and, and Maureen, you, know, you talked about, uh, or Jim, you mentioned you know, who we are. Let's yeah. talk about who we are and how that should be used to form our prayer life in our marriage and family. A- amen. A- amen. I mean, we, Maureen and I, so we, um, on, on the website you mentioned uh, that, that, that the Lord put in our heart, CatholicFamilyResources.com, we have a couple different curriculums. We've got a, a, a workbook on marriage and a workbook on parenting. And both, both of those workbooks really center themselves on our great identity. So the marriage workbook talks about the Eucharist as, as, as the core of who we are. And the parenting book does the same, uh, but they go, different, they go different routes. So as sons and daughters of God, I, I, we want to tell, we want to invite people to remind themselves of their great identity multiple times a day, multiple times a day, because as I'm studying now 21st century brain biology, it's phenomenal. 
and how much of it is beautifully meshing with our Catholic anthropology, which doesn't surprise me at all, obviously, because the truth is the truth. So, but one thing I like to, to tell people is that what you tell yourself today is going to have an impact on your immune system. It's going to have an impact on your brain biology. It's going to have an impact on your cells. I mean, we've got to be careful about our self-talk. Okay, that's critically important. Of course, Proverbs tells us that the tongue can bring life or bring death. And we frequently talk about that in our relationship with each other. But we've got to raise the bar. and We've got to start listening to Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who said 2,000 years ago to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your strength, mind, soul, and body, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the great commandment. And so how do we love ourselves? That's critical. And, and as a parent, um, as, a, as, as a part-time stay-at-home dad, parent or as part-time at home dad or as a full-time parent if you're listening to this right now it can get very difficult very difficult and that's why we invite people to say how is your self-talk so during this lent for example if your self-talk is more we like to call it garbage based or gospel based okay those are the fundamental choices right you got garbage based self-talk or garbage or gospel based self-talk well choose wisely okay we want to have gospel based self-talk in our lives during Lent, if you're noticing that your, your self-talk has been more garbage-based, like beating yourself up a lot, fast from that. Really, I mean that. Fast from that. We, we invite couples to fast from that negative self-talk because it's pulling us down, and we're actually, if you think of it, we're doing Satan's work, and that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. And I, can I add on that? Because I, it would be easy to hear what Jim is saying and say, oh, this is another person who's telling us to say, oh, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. And that no, I'm not saying not that. That's <laughs> message at all. So I want to chime in a little bit and say that what we're invited to, um, especially during the season of Lent, you know, it's, uh, I love the prayer that talks about this joyful season of Lent. And that sounds almost... Um, like an oxymoron, because Lent is penitential. So what's joyful about that? Well, the joy there is the invitation to reaffirm our identity as baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ, which is what the season is all about, and also the joy of knowing that when I... When I can move away from that negative self-talk, I can move to the positive self-talk of who I am as a redeemed daughter of the King. Um, and, and then that gives me you know, all of the guidance I need to live a life that's fully joyful, that's fully charitable, that is rightly ordered to the good, that makes good decisions, all of those things. So um, it's not just about telling myself good things about making myself feel better. It's, it's affirming who I am as a child of of God and what I'm therefore called to do and empowered to do because of my life in Christ. Amen, sister. Yeah. <laughs> She's your sister and your wife. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so let, let's let's back let, let's look at this. Let, let's zoom in on this because I think this is a, a great conversation. Because when someone comes up to me and says, "Oh, so who are you?" and I say, "Well, I'm Steve Flonskowski, executive director for Real Presence Radio." No, that is what I do. That is right. not who I am. Right. How, how, can right. we, how can we go back to that even basic thing? And, and, and for ourselves, I think that's a self-talk when people say, who are you? Is, is there a conversation starter we can... Can you give us some advice on how to change that conversation starter and talk about oh. who we really are instead of what we do? That's such a great question. That's, well, a great that's question. what we do. I mean, we write on our name tag, this is who I am, and this is why I'm at this event. And the reason, you know, what I bring to this conversation, and it's all about our status, our accomplishments, what we do in our daily life. 
Yeah, so, so what is the answer? So what would it look like if someone said, okay, so who are you? And you said, well, I'm Steve Sploskowski, and I'm a redeemed son of the king. Amen. <laughs> it's kind of cool Boom. to think, well, and <laughs> what kind of conversation would that start, right? Amen. And no, 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 listen, we're, we might be chuckling right now. If you're listening at home, you'll be chuckling. But we, we tell our people at our workshops, this is exactly what we tell people to do, okay? I mean, mm. it's evangelization, it's, and, but it's so important. I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the son of the king. Yeah, what king are you talking about? Jesus Christ, my Lord. And you, you can know him too, you know? I mean, it's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves you, he loves me, he lived for you, he died for you, and he rose from the dead for you. That's the gospel. Uh-huh. Absolutely. If you're just joining us, we're visiting with Jim and Marina Tremba, and we're talking about that hitting that reset right here on Real Presence Live, that reset during Lent as families, um, and talking about our prayer life. Yeah, you know, you talked about a joyful Lent, Marine, and uh, I, I want to focus on the marriage aspect of it, right? Because you guys have a, a workbook on on marriage, which brings it back to the Eucharist. And I think about the beginning of Lent, right? The, the very first reading on Ash Wednesday, I talked about return to me with your whole heart, especially in our marriage, which is our main vocational call if we happen to be married. How do we return to our spouses with, with our whole heart as well? Obviously, our, our whole heart belongs to Jesus, but we've also given our hearts to our spouse. And uh, I would guess prayer life has a lot to do with that. That's so so true. And, I, you know, Jim and I were talking about this before, uh, before we came on air, and one of the one of the first things that comes to my mind is just the whole gift of time for each other you know as as spouses well and you know every 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 person is is facing this but especially in the context of a conversation about marriage we have many demands on our time uh which which is a given but how do we carve out time to pray with each other um, and sometimes that might even just be at the, at, it might be at the dinner table, it might be in the car going somewhere. Um, what we like to come back to is how do we carve out time um, to highlight something about the Eucharist so that when we then participate in the Eucharist um, on the weekend or if we're privileged to be able to do that on a daily basis or a frequent basis, what is it about, uh, what are we focusing on that helps that helps bring a clarity to our prayer. So, for example, one, one thing might just be um, the responsorial psalm today, or it might just be um, an, an element of the liturgy that we do every time, like the Our Father. How about if we pray the Our Father together with the notion that this is going to highlight something about the Eucharist? I don't know, Jim, what, what do you what do you? Yeah, or, or if we think about um, a part of the, of, the, of the liturgy, like the introductory rites. You know, I mean, and that's what we do in the workbook. We go through the entire liturgy from the sign of the cross to the sending forth rite, and we look at how that applies to our marriage, specifically, because it does. In fact, the workbook title is, is you know, uh, Eucharist as Weekly Marriage Enrichment, or as Maureen mentioned, if you're privileged enough to be able to go, and, or, or reprioritize your life enough to be able to go to the, to the Eucharist during the, um, during the weekday sometimes, that's, that's wonderful and oh, well, beautiful. It's awesome. But to be able to look at the Eucharist as weekly marriage enrichment or daily marriage enrichment is very powerful because the Eucharist has a, uh, it's a true, I mean, Vatican II calls it the source and the summit of our faith. And so it's, it's much more than, obviously, than just marriage enrichment. It's way more than that. It's the pinnacle of, of our existence, right? Because it's the life, death, resurrection, and send, send of the Holy Spirit to our life. It's the Paschal mystery, okay, uh, in the Eucharist, in this half-hour prayer sometimes uh, at, at a daily Mass. 
so to be able to sit back and reflect on the parts of the liturgy that sometimes flow over us because we're not thinking about them, you know, because I love being a Catholic because it's liturgical, and sometimes um, when we're liturgically oriented, we can, you know, you can um, not reflect on the words very well. Even like, like Marie mentioned with the Our Father, sometime with your spouse, here's an assignment, pray the Our Father, but pray it very slow. And think about the words. Pray together, but think about the words. And when better you... yet, even look at the words. Yep, Have there you go. text in front of you and yeah. look at the words. Yeah, and exactly. say, oh, that's what we're saying. What does that line mean? Yeah, yeah. One thing, uh, to, to, to continue this theme, I mean, one, one of the things we look at during our weekend, because we give this as a weekend retreat around the nation as well, when we, when we have a weekend with couples, it's awesome. In fact, we're actually given this wor- workshop um, this, uh, in Christ the King Retreat Center in Buffalo this summer. Um, so one of the things we look at are some of the prayers of the Eucharist. They're profound. And, you know, being an altar server when I was, whatever, seven, you know, and I even served Mass when I was in the seminary for a while. And I, uh, So these prayers, uh, now they're said very silently, but when, when I was a kid growing up, they would say them audibly, okay? But, uh, so, like, one of the prayers in particular is, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Now, we've probably all heard that prayer. Everybody listening has heard that, heard that prayer. And if you haven't, um, listen to those words, right? By the mingleless water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ. So in other words, we share in the divinity of Christ. That, this is, that's powerful theology. Now, have you told your spouse that today? Have you looked at her in the eyes and said, you share in the divinity of Christ? Or have you looked at him in the eyes and said, honey, you share in the divinity of Christ. How can we lift up our identity as baptized sons and daughters of God in our marriage every day? Well, this is one of the, re- this is one of the ways you can do it. You know, is to learn from the Eucharist. It is just, ama- I mean, it is full of these insights if we take time to reflect on them. Yeah, so, so what I'm hearing here, Jim and Maureen, is just this idea of slowing down and ingesting, ingesting that is all around us, uh, and so taking it in, but then digesting as well, you know, taking time to just let it sink in. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah. One of the, yeah. Um, one of the things that I would like to say in response to that is that I think um, given the time structures and strictures in our life and in our own head, we tend to think of Eucharist as a thing apart from the rest of our life, you know, like, um, it's on Sunday or Saturday evening, and we, we go to that, and then we kind of check that box off, and then we go on with the rest of our lives. But the Eucharist is, it's, it's all-encompassing. It's, all, it, it's, it's, you know, it's going on all the time, and the reality that we celebrate is foundational to our entire existence. So if there's a way that we can be more, more attentive to how what happens at Eucharist is informing our daily decisions, our interactions as spouses and as parents and as co-workers. How, how is what happened at the liturgy affecting and informing what I'm doing and what I'm experiencing right now? I think it's, it's that attentiveness to that connection is what I'm talking about. Yep, and the workbook simply highlights activities, very specific activities that couples can do to enhance that and to understand that more deeply. In the, in, the, in the weekend retreats that we do. But, yeah, you're absolutely right to be able to say it takes intentionality and it takes a devotion of time. And so when I'm working with couples uh, and families as a licensed therapist or as a Catholic coach, 
the very first question they will say, well, Jim, I'm, I'm very busy. And I say, yeah, no, I get that. I'm a business owner. I own a state-licensed clinic, by the way, too, uh, in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And we've got satellite clinics, and, and I'm a stay-at-home dad part-time. And, um, I, you know, I like to talk, and I like, I'm an author and a speaker. And so I get I'm busy. I get it. Okay, I'm busy. I like the acronym of busy, though, B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. Okay? I mean, we've yeah. got to be careful about how, quote-unquote, busy we are. I mean, Jesus Christ, our Lord, was he busy? I mean, he was building, he was the king, he's the kingdom of God, and he was sent to, you know, to fulfill the Old Testament, to fulfill it, and he was sent as a son of God to redeem us, okay? And, and he himself took time to spend with Abba, with his father. Yeah. Now, that, that right there should tell us something, okay? So then my first question is this. How much time, and I whip up my cell phone, how much unproductive time do you spend on one of these things, on a screen? Mm-hmm. That's my question. It's not a shame-based question. It's just a truth-based question to say we have got to recognize it's a cancer in our society. And we talk about this in the workshop and the workbooks, both workbooks, actually, because it's, it is, it is a, it's a cancer in our parenting. See, we're t- when we talk about parenting, we talk about real presence, okay? We want to be really present to, the, to our children. So that means no electronics. That's a digital presence. Now, is that bad? No, it's not bad enough itself. I love being a Catholic. You know, we want to use this as a tool, and I love your, your app. There's a great app for your radio station. Okay, that's a great app you guys got there. I was on it last night. And, you know, EW10's got an awesome app, of course. So we can use tool technology to build the kingdom. Of course we do. But the problem is that now 21st brain, center, 21st brain biology is back in 21st century. Brain biology is backing this up, of course. The problem is that they can get addictive, okay? And our brains get used to that dopamine rush we, when we hear the, oh, we got something, or we got something, i got to check this, i got to check Facebook. If we're looking at Facebook or Twitter feeds, the very first thing we do to get out of bed before we say a morning prayer or before we lift up our day to the Lord, then that's, that's slightly disordered. I'd say it's really disordered. And we want to change that. Now, can you change that? Absolutely we can change that because the Holy Spirit is still the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay? Amen. The Holy Spirit is still calling us every day to live out who we are. And God loves us so much. You're listening to this right now, anywhere, whoever you are, God loves you. And that is the truth. Now, do I always live in that love? No, that's called sin, okay? But when we stop, when we stop and we say, hey, God loves me, I am loved. I don't feel loved. Sometimes I don't feel loved at all. As a human being, I don't feel loved sometimes. You know, I have, I've had undiagnosed depression. I've wrestled with anxiety, and um, I, I've, I'm a human, okay? We don't always feel loved, but... I always talk about, I don't care how I feel about myself. I don't care what I think about myself. I care what God thinks about me first, okay? And Luke chapter 1 tells me that I am holy and righteous in his sight. In his sight, I'm holy and righteous. Not in my own sight, in his sight. Why? Because I'm a, I'm a son of God, that's why. Not by anything I've done. It's pure grace. But I think our challenge, though, is to bring that down now to, how, how do I live that out, you know? How do I live that out? So, you know, for, if you're a parent and you listen to this, um, and if you're a parent of, of little kids, make sure that every, every mirror in your bathroom has a little phrase that the kids write out. It says, I'm a son of God, or I'm a child of God. Treat me accordingly. Treat me like one. Okay? That's a daily reminder that they are children of God. They'll grow up in that atmosphere. Okay? And here's another uh, tip I, I think that we can talk about during, during Lent especially. How, how are our tones and volumes in our marriages? How are our tones and volumes as parents? Yeah, I'm, I'm an employer, okay? I, I own a business, a mental health center. And, um, and so as a, as, a, as a leader, quote-unquote, as a CEO, okay, as an owner, okay, I don't lead the way society wants me to lead. I lead the way, the way Jesus led. He said if you're going to lead, you better serve. 
Okay, so we want servant leadership. If you're a business owner, I love working with business owners because we want to teach servant, well, we want to incorporate servant leadership, okay? And every, every parent is a leader. So we want, to, we want to say how are our tones and volumes because that's important. If they're more negative or, or more, you know, sort of um, um, sarcastic or if they're more, you know, if we use um, a lot of yelling, et cetera, let's during this um, Lenten season, let's pray for the grace to fast from that, really. Because what research is telling us is every time I raise my voice as a dad, it's raising stress chemicals in my kids, stress hormones, okay? And it can actually ensure more negative behavior. And that's not, we don't, we don't want negative behavior. If you're just joining us, we're visiting with Maureen and Jim Otremba, and we're talking about hitting that reset button uh, for our prayer, our, our couple and family life prayer during, during, during Lent. Let's, let's, let's back, back up just a tiny bit, Jim and Maureen, and let's talk about the basis of this prayer life. I, uh, my wife and I are, help on Engage Encounter Weekends here in the Diocese of Fargo, and one of the questions we ask the couple is, is, is have you prayed together yet? And pretty much everyone, there might be two hands in the room of 20 couples, but majority of them have not. Uh, are we not in the case where maybe many married couples still don't pray together? And if married couples don't pray together, how can they have the family pray together? Isn't that where it begins? Right, and I, I, I'm not sure that married couple. I don't know how much uh, marriage formation... Uh, does a good job at assisting engaged couples in learning how to pray. I mean, if we're if we're presuming that married couples know how to pray together, but we've never helped them do that, then in in my eyes, it's not a real surprise that married couples don't pray together. Um, I think it needs to be an intentional um, focus on the part of um, marriage prep, and not just on the part of marriage prep, but then on the part of ongoing marriage formation after couples are married, to say, wow, couples, how, how do you pray together? How is your, you know, to presume that a married couple actually has a prayer life. I mean, I, I don't hear a whole lot of that from the pulpit, I have to admit. I, maybe I'm in the wrong place or something, but I, I, and not to put this all on the church, because we are the church, so if we need something fixed, maybe we need to, um, you know, address that at the local level. But I think that's the, sort of the initial response to your, your observation there, is that um, how, how do we, how do we, form and then nurture a prayer life among married couples you know what how are we helping them do that so i think one thing we can do with that is to recognize that research would show that most catholic couples do not pray together as your as your um anecdotal research shows and we we too work with engaged couples by the way we we love working with engaged couples it's so important and if you if you're a married couple right now and and you have been praying about doing that please do that with your diocese it is so important give them an opportunity to form um, next generational leaders, and that's really important. Okay, so one of the things that I invite couples to do then, as a therapist, but also as a coach, is to say, begin where you can begin. Okay, start where you can start. So, for example, sometimes people don't pray together because it's a very scary idea, and some maybe maybe there's been spiritual abuse, which is a real thing. I've worked with it as a licensed therapist, and so I don't want to just let anybody into my into my sanctuary, okay, of, of spiritual, of, into my soul, okay? So there, there can be real legitimate reasons why people don't want to pray together. I don't believe it's just because people are, are bad, okay? I believe, in fact, people, I believe, I think we just covered, right, as baptized sons and daughters of God, we are fundamentally good because our baptism changes us into sons and daughters of God. So how do you do that? Begin where you can begin. So, honey, can we pray in our Father together? Can we do that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, let's do that. Can we pray Hail Mary together? Yep. Okay, 
start where you can start. You know, I mean, get some traction, get some momentum there. Now, if you're already doing that, praise the Lord, and you want to go deeper, that's great. Then, you know, get a good Catholic devotional. Um, you know, Bishop Robert Barron, I mean, the EWTN, they've got phenomenal uh, marriage, you know, tools to, to be using to go deeper. But if you listen to this right now and you're a married couple and you're not praying together, you know, that'd be a beautiful Lenten. You know, again, we go back to prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, right, for the three pillars of Lent, because that's what, that's what Jesus told us, you know. And so we want to, if, if you're not praying together as a couple, that's a perfect thing, to, it's a beautiful idea to start during Lent. And recognize this, that whenever we give our little effort, God will bless that abundantly. We have got to recognize that. Well, Jim, and our Father, what's in our Father? And our yeah. Father happens to be the perfect prayer that Jesus taught us 2,000 years ago, okay? Yeah. But when you pray it as a couple, it's powerful. It's very powerful. Jim, we just have a couple minutes left here. Uh, so we've talked about uh, how, to, how to reset couple prayer. How about family prayer? What if, what if our family isn't praying to, together? Is that, is that message the same, begin where you can begin? Uh, yeah, I think it is, correct. And so, again, we would always say that if you're in a, in a marriage and you're parenting, then we've got to start with marriage, okay? Because the best gift you can give your parents is a strong marriage. So uh, start praying together if you can. Something, something. And then as a couple or as a family, start that. Now, if, if you've got teenagers, they're, they're going to kick back a little bit, okay? That's probably, they will. But do it anyway, okay? Uh, now, if they're 17, they might kick back a lot, okay? But if you've also got, you know, a 10-year-old and a 17-year-old and you want to start praying, include all of them. And so what we used to do is to, you know, just, well, obviously, after, whenever it works for your family, okay, in the morning, in the evening, it doesn't have to take long. But you can pull up the EWTN app, and pull up the daily readings. You can go to the USCCB.org, the bishop's website, and pull up daily readings and read one of the readings from the, from the daily mass, if you want to, and then just pray in Our Father. Make it simple. You know, that's a three-minute prayer ritual, by the way. Yeah. Okay, and, and, and that, but God honors that. Bring something, and God will bless it. Jim and Marine, thanks so much for being on the air with us this morning. If you want to find more uh, information about Jim and Marine, maybe where they're going to be giving a retreat or more on their workbooks that they have, you can visit them at catholicfamilyresources.com, catholicfamilyresources.com. Well, up next, it's an opportunity to expand your fundraising skills and serve the church more effectively. And it's accessible to anyone. And later, winning the hearts of our children, how you as a parent can keep your kids in the faith or bring them back home if they have strayed. We'll have this conversation with Tony Brandt and Chris Stewart of Casting Nets Ministries. So there's a lot of great things to come here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> 